Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Buxton. Hey, look, if you do site selection for healthcare providers or if you market medical properties, definitely check this out, buxtonco.com. You'll be amazed what you can do at this site. Well, today we're talking about medical. We're talking about healthcare real estate. You know, the healthcare sector has done well. Uh, it seems to be the sector that seems to always chug along. Um, but look, uh, we had a healthcare uh, crisis, right, with COVID, and some uh, practitioners were limited uh, in the surgeries they could perform. Uh, they obviously had struggles with getting uh, patients in some of their, their offices. Well, what's going on now? How did the healthcare real estate really go, had it perform through COVID, and now here we are in late 2021, uh, and what's expected moving forward? Uh, both performance and tenant-wise, and also with the investment sales market. Well, we have two experts for here today. Uh, first, uh, please welcome Ben Reinberg. He is founder and CEO of the Alliance Consolidated Group of Companies. Ben, thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me. We also have Paul Zeman here with us. He's a partner with my firm of Bull Realty, and he's president of Healthcare Real Estate Services with us. Paul, thanks for joining us. Thank you, sir. Well, gentlemen, as you heard in the opening, it wasn't all roses through the uh, pandemic for healthcare real estate, was it? Ben, start us out. Your your tenants, your your healthcare tenants around the country, and these healthcare facilities that you own. What kind of feedback? What were you hearing and seeing with the tenants? Well, we actually we actually had a lot of success with our tenants during the pandemic. We never missed a rent payment, and it was. Part of the reason why we do what we do and, and invest in healthcare, real estate, and medical properties uh, throughout the country. Um, what the biggest struggle was the unknown and the lack of certainty. Uh, I would say probably in the second quarter of uh, 2020, that that portion of last year was really where the uncertainty lied. It was. Uh, especially in Illinois and different states that we do business in, uh, there was shutdowns where from March to May, we saw a lot of, of our tenants where they were either working at less than full capacity or maybe they had to shut down their office or surgery center or facility for 30 or 60 days. And I think that was to us really where the uncertainty lies. But overall, when you look back at, and, uh, on an annual basis, uh, they they hung in there and they did well and they paid. They, their revenue might have been down ten or fifteen percent, but overall they were able to sustain themselves and stay in business. And and uh, obviously, you know, the human body is not going anywhere, so <laughs> right. they were able to to perform. Right. And Paul, did you see some of the same thing on the healthcare buildings that you have been selling during the this year and last year? Uh, but there was there some struggle. What did you see? You know, uh, some of the, the better performing portfolios with, with you know, good property managers, 
before COVID, we're seeing on average about 97% rent collections. Mm -hmm. And through COVID, they continue to see 97% rent collections. So th that was nice. That's uh, you know an attribute to, to healthcare. And then uh, we also did not see the, the influx of, uh, of tenants requesting rent abatement or a break or concessions in their rent because of the pandemic. Uh, not anything close to what we saw in other sectors like retail and in general office. And I know, I know you guys are on the kind of the principal side there as, as a, um, a principal owner. And, and Paul, you're selling buildings, but you both see the kind of tenant traffic and the tenant demand uh, being in your business. So what do you see now? Here we are in late 2021. What are you seeing for tenant, new tenant traffic and demand, Ben? Uh, I see, you know, our, our traffic from our tenants have gone up, especially when they were closed, there was this pent up demand and then they had more business and, and now their business is extending out where surgeries were delayed and now they're getting to those surgeries and, and they're adhering to their schedule. So we've seen a, a pent up demand and they're fulfilling that demand. Uh, the other thing is we've seen new niches that have come aboard and we've seen other sectors in the healthcare where they become more pre prevalent. Like for example, uh, you know, psychiatry in different industries uh, within the medical space have become more prevalent because of because of the pandemic. So depending on the niche you're in will depend on the, the demand we've seen. But overall, when we look at our portfolio and our colleagues, uh, the, the demand has increased and, and the revenue has gone up from 2020 to 2021. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us uh, have more of a need to be on the couch these days after going through 2020 and then into 2021 with this COVID mess. What about um, the sales side? I'll start with you, Paul, uh, on the investment sales side. You know, what happened with with demand and, and, and product being on the market in 2020 and in 2021? What have been the trends there? The, the demand never never slowed down. I, I would say that for a period there in 2020, there were certainly some investors uh, that, were, that were on the sideline. Uh, most of the publicly traded REITs really as a result of what the stock market did when, uh, when the, the pandemic hit and nobody really knew what was happening. Uh, but on a, on a really good property, it, it, it could be the difference between instead of getting 15 offers, you get 10. And you really only need a a couple of really good ones. So it, it really didn't didn't change my my world much at all. And Ben, what what did you see uh, in the uh, investment sales world uh, last year and this year so far? We actually had an incredible year last year. We bought a lot of assets. Um, I actually enjoyed it because, like Paul said, you you didn't have as much competition, and a lot of people were sitting on the sidelines. We took a different approach. We said, you know, we're not going to stop. We believe in what we're doing. Uh, healthcare is not going away in any pandemic or recession. People need those services. And if we're not competing with as many uh, uh, colleagues that play in our space with us, we're, we're going to take advantage of it. And that's what we did. And we were able to pick up some outstanding assets in 2020. And, uh, and so it's just a matter of what your mindset and your perception is. We actually saw it as an opportunity. Some folks didn't like the uncertainty. Um, we figured we'd take advantage of it. So for us, uh, I agree with Paul. I mean, yeah, there was less buyers competing with properties, but you know what? The buyers that you would want to work with 
that were out there actively that understood what was going on and the product type that both Paul and I play in. Uh, I think for us, we really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed acquiring properties throughout the pandemic because there was it was limited competition. Yeah, and Paul, uh, to answer that type of uh, properties that you usually deal with for our audience, is it uh, usually the larger MOBs around the country or what? You know, I I deal more in the large MOBs, um, institutional quality medical office buildings. However, the the sector in that four and five million dollar range is still very popular and the demand is incredible for those types of assets um you know not much different than the large institutional quality stuff and and ben you guys like the the large uh, single tenant properties as well but uh, you also maybe look at some smaller properties or some multi-tenant yeah we we do both we buy net lease and multi-tenant so we'll buy smaller to large depending on where the opportunity is. Um, and so it just, it's really, we focus on certain markets as well as certain type of assets. But we generally speaking, we buy any of the different niches within the medical space as well as veterinarian. Okay. And I want to ask you guys about cap rates, Paul. Uh, what has been the kind of the cap rate trends as we've transitioned uh, into COVID and maybe hopefully now, hopefully getting out of COVID? You know, I, I would say, before COVID, we've been having this conversation for five years that the the average cap rate for medical office buildings, uh, you know, $5 million or greater uh, was in the mid sixes. And it was pretty flat. We were in the mid sixes and the mid sixes and the mid sixes for years. Um, in 2020, we definitely saw some compression. Uh, I sold a nice portfolio uh, in December that was at a, a really compressed cap rate. And I'm seeing even more compression this year. So still on the average, now nationwide assets over five million dollars you know rather than six and a half we're talking six one and if that trend is going to continue uh, it, it possibly could but the trophy assets are uh, are getting into the fives and even the fours on really special stuff that doesn't necessarily have to be hospital sponsored either mm -hmm. good tenants long leases well written triple net leases with escalations um, you can do very well. And how about cap rate trends on off-campus MOBs, which has really become more popular over the last several years? Well, you know, there used to be a very defined spread of 100 to 150 basis points when you were talking on-campus and off-campus. And over the years, we have watched that spread shrink, especially as health systems are moving things more off-campus to outpatient facilities. And and I would say that the, the spread is is almost negligible. Sure, the on-campus properties uh, are still very attractive, um, but they don't quite hold the edge like they used to. Yeah. And Ben, you chose healthcare as a sector, I guess, for, for a lot of reasons. And, and one of them is, is, that, is it because of the safety of the healthcare and, and, and kind of the stableness of the healthcare tenants? Well, we we see a lot of opportunity in the healthcare market over a long span. You know, it's it's we feel healthcare is somewhat recession proof, pandemic proof based on what niches you play in the medical sector. The reason why we acquire and own and operate medical properties is one, we could add a lot of value in all different ways in the process. Our tenants have a, a low default risk, which is attractive to us. 
and they are consistently reinvesting in our properties and building deep roots, which add a lot of value to our portfolio. Um, we don't have to worry about the internet, which is prevalent in our society now. And so over the years, we just saw this sector as a real stable sector that we can add value and sustain ourselves for a long period of time. And I think after the last recession, the deep recession in 08, 09, we saw it really made even more apparent that we're in the right sector. What are you guys seeing for uh, vacancy trends uh, in the healthcare space? You know, office, uh, regular office obviously has seen an increase uh, in the vacancy around the uh, country. What do you guys see on the healthcare side? You want to start, Paul? You know, anytime you're talking about vacancy in single digits, that's pretty outstanding. And nationwide, right now, we're in the mid 8% range. Uh, in in you know good good facilities so uh, that's outstanding. Yeah. I remember early in my career it was at a twelve percent, it was fourteen percent, and some really maybe a bad market it'd be twenty percent. Mm -hmm. And for the last several years, we've continued to see uh, single digit vacancy, and that, that's tremendous. Yeah, Ben, what are you seeing out there? Uh, I, I absolutely agree with what Paul's saying. I mean, if you're less than ten percent, that's tremendous in the market, and we do see that frequently. And and I think the biggest where vacancy has been created is a lot of consolidation is where you have a tenant property and maybe because of the pandemic, they realize that we're going to consolidate some facilities and now we're going to vacate uh, either right before the lease expires or right afterwards. So um, overall, it's healthy. It's hard to assess because with the investment that these tenants make, um, they really don't like to leave properties, and there, there better be a reason why they do. And a lot of it that we've seen is not that they're not performing, it's just they want to consolidate facilities. And that's where we see a lot of where the vacancy lies and the issues lie. And Ben, have you seen anything new or, uh, or a trend in what tenants are looking for in their space or in their facilities in the building? A lot, of the, a lot of the tenants we see in the medical space love the single-story front-facing door where you can park and pull up right to the door, almost like a life, in retail they call it lifestyle centers. It's a similar type of concept. They like that. They like, they like the ability that can control their own space. They don't have to, even though it could be in a condo park, but they don't have sharing walls. And so they like to have free, their own freestanding buildings where they can pull up directly to the space and their tents can get out and walk in, whether it's for ADA compliance or, uh, or brand identity to put on the building. But we see over the last 10 years, that's been a growing trend is to be in a single story freestanding building if you can. Okay. And we're talking with Ben Reinberg with Alliance. Uh, they own and buy medical buildings around the country and Paul Zeman, uh, who is healthcare real estate services at Bull Realty. He's a broker that sells large uh, medical office buildings. And I want you guys to leave our audience here kind of with a, a few tips. Uh, and Ben, if, uh, the first tip, uh, what tip would you give uh, healthcare providers, uh, medical practices related to, you know, uh, their lease renewals or their new space search or in, in dealing with uh, landlords and brokers? Well, I, I would... I would say, number one, what we see a lot of is just tenants that aren't organized. Be organized. Have have a process that 
that's established that knows about your lease, when lease dates, option notice dates, lease dates, uh, uh, when your leases are expiring, um, having process in place to take care of the property if you're responsible for maintenance, repair, and replacement, having processes in place, which we establish with our tenants. And a lot of it has to be with being organized and having process in place. That's that's where the success lies for a lot of the tenants because it takes a lot of the risk and the headaches off their plate when they're organized and they have process in place. And that's something that we help them with uh, throughout the process. Okay. And Paul, when you take these medical office buildings to market, you get multiple offers. So what advice would you give an investor, a medical office building buyer, to help them win some of these deals when they hit the market? You know, I would say that, that they need to look outside the box a little bit. I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said for triple net leases with annual escalations and guarantees and renewal options at fixed rate, you know, continu- continuing. But, but look around. What's going on in the market? What, what is the building's story? You know where where could this go long term, and and ask yourself some of those other questions, and they may justify why uh, you want to pay a little bit more for this particular asset, or maybe why you would not want to pay a little bit more for that asset. Uh, but it's you, you've got to look at the at the big picture and uh, and everything you can quantify. And how do they come in and and show a track record or proof that that they're a good buyer? Uh, to your seller clients when they're when they're bringing an offer to the table, if if they're not as big as as has been an alliance, how can they compete? Well, I, I put a lot of that pressure on myself that when I do gather offers, uh, I always conduct a, a formal buyer interview, mm-hmm. and part of that buyer interview is you know how many properties have you have you offered on, how many have you had under a letter of intent, and how many of those have you closed? Kind of yeah. what's your what's your batting average, mm-hmm. and um, even even for folks that I've transacted with multiple times. Uh, just to make sure nothing has changed, we have a formal buyer interview uh, before we make recommendations to the seller uh, what he might consider. And, um, and and a lot of it comes through there. What else do they own? Like we talked about their batting average, uh, source of capital, uh, get, get it all on the table. You know, yeah. help, help me help you. <laughs> yeah. There so. you go. Well, Ben, what else would you uh, leave our audience with before we uh, let you get out of here and get back to uh, buying and operating medical buildings? Well, I mean, it's again, it's it's a great sector of commercial real estate, no matter what side you're in. If you're an investor or, or investment sales or tenant rep, that's there's a lot of deals going on, and cap rates are down right now. So it's going to be very interesting to see next year what happens uh, with some of the policies that they're bantering around and how it's going to impact our business and where interest rates are going to go and. It's going to be interesting because, like Paul said, is there was a definite cap rate compression, especially in 2021. And so uh, we have our eyes open. We're very eager to see what 20 – we think 2022 is going to be an incredible year for us. And we think there's going to be credible assets to buy moving forward, especially if people feel interest rates are going to go up in the third quarter of next year. So it should be very exciting, our sector. And, again, it's a stable – sector with a lot of activity and a lot of great tenants and we look forward to it we look forward to growing our portfolio next year uh, in this sector that's great you know and I, I think it's one of the things that makes it an interesting sector in my view too is that 
it's not as easy of a property type to, to own and, and manage. You know, the tenant improvement allowances sometimes are larger. The tenants sometimes aren't as professionally operated, you know, as, you know, uh, dealing with a law firm or a, or a tenant or a accounting firm tenant, right? Um, so I think it's interesting. And I, I think it's funny what, Paul, you told me one day when I said, well, well, tell me the difference between regular office and medical office. What was it? And I said, medical office is just really complicated office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. It's absolutely correct. Yeah. And Paul, what would you leave our audience to think about uh, related to healthcare real estate moving forward? You know, I, I, just, I just think it's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're seeing new, new buyers from other sectors entering the market all the time. And for those, my, my piece of advice is to, uh, to really demonstrate what you're capable of. But uh, it's a great, it's my favorite sector of commercial real estate. It always has been and um, will continue to be so. Yeah, and I think you know, the nice thing about medical healthcare real estate too is there's something for everyone, right? There's the long-term lease, single-tenant net lease deals that are large and small. There's also the value-add or smaller tenants in your local markets, uh, maybe uh, you know, right around where you live. So there's opportunities to invest in healthcare real estate that, that might have you know, large credit tenants, but also maybe local tenants and regional tenants. Uh, and, and a lot of value add and older properties that are well located. So you get out and talk to your, your favorite healthcare real estate broker. And if you are a healthcare provider, uh, as, as uh, Ben mentioned, you know, to help you get your best deal and best operations moving forward, I really recommend a healthcare tenant rep uh, that if, you know, if you're ever going to hire a broker for anything, Anybody's ever hired a broker or anything, I think when you're a tenant and you have a business and you need space or have a renewal coming up, that's the time you want a renewal. Professional landlords like Ben, when you're a new tenant coming to the table, he wants to know that you have a great tenant rep, uh, that you have a practice, that you know that's important to you, and that you have your uh, ducks in a row. Well, Ben, thank you for joining us, sir. Appreciate you being on the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was good seeing you both. Wish you the best. Thank you. And Paul, thanks for being here in Studio One and, and being on the show again. You bet. I always enjoy it. All right. And thank you around the world, around the country. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you being here and sharing the show with your associates and friends. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing, site selection, and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access 1, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.